Hello, welcome back to the Don't Stop Me Now podcast. My name is Jennifer and I am the host of this program. I'm here once a week to share what's on my mind. That might include HIV, it might include, I don't know, a death at Disneyland, or it may include something from my past that I've never talked about before on social media. Hint, hint, that might happen. Um, This is the second time I am recording episode five. Unfortunately, I recorded the entire thing the other day, and when I went to bed one night, I closed my computer down, and for some reason when I woke up, everything had closed down. This is a brand new laptop, and this particular program, for some reason, didn't save what I had done, which is really unusual, because usually that happens. Things will you know, automatically save. And you can find them, and Eric had me go into the search bar in files and do star dot star, and typically you can find um, things that you've worked on, and it'll be saved there, but it was gone. So this is attempt number two at episode number five. It was really disappointing, but in a way, I'm sort of glad I'm redoing it, because I think I got a little emotional at one point, and like in the moment it seemed fine, but then later it seemed like that was maybe a little too much. So yeah, <laughs> moving on. You know, I, I wrote down some things that are just in my mind that I keep thinking about. And uh, number one is I don't understand why I needed to buy headphones for this podcast other than when I'm editing and I need it to be quiet and I need to hear my words more clearly, I have no idea. Like, it doesn't make any sense, because I can plug them in while I'm sitting here talking into the microphone, and it actually, I can't hear myself. (laughs) It makes no sense to me at all. It actually muffles me, so it's plugged in. It's not like I don't hear myself through the headphones. I'm doing, I'm clearly doing something wrong. I don't know what it is, but I still have not figured out why I bought these headphones, and I can just, like, literally, I could have just plugged in cheap little earbuds into my computer when I'm editing to listen clear, you know, more clearly, but I'll figure that out at some point, but, um, (laughs) yeah, I don't know. Okay. Um, I was just laughing, but honestly, I have been crying for the last four days. Yeah. Um, one of my favorite kitties, that's a really terrible thing to say, one of my favorite kitties, but he really is. Um, my kitty Sawyer, who I have him predominantly featured on my Rats, Cats, Eggs, and Finn Instagram. He's my black and white kitty. I've had him for about a year and two months. He followed me into a meeting at our local elementary school last August when I was going to, it was like some work stuff. He followed me into the meeting and he jumped on the table where the food was and he kept trying to go through all the food. He was a kitten at that time. He was probably about 10 weeks old. He was starving and he was trying to eat a bagel. I mean, cats don't eat bread. So this poor kitty was starving. And, you know, people in the meeting were kind of laughing and putting him back outside. And he kept coming back in. He was very persistent. He was definitely domesticated. He wasn't feral. And I told my kids to come down and pick him up, bring him home, feed him, and we'll figure out what to do next. I didn't think we needed another cat. And so I thought we got to find, you know, a home for him or whatever. And it just never happened. And he became our cat. And obviously we fell in love with him day one. He's really, really smart and he's really friendly and he's a hunter and he's aloof and he loves us when he feels like it. He's real long and skinny. He's got like a real funny kind of shape when he lays down. He's just got this real long body and 
you know, he does what he wants. And so I put a collar on him. Did I say he's missing? That's the whole point of this. He's missing. He's not dead that I know of, but he's missing. So I put a collar on him with a bell, our name and number. He's chipped. I honestly wanted to put a GPS on him because he has disappeared one time before for, it was less than two days. It's probably like a day and a half. And I, same thing, just was frantic. Where is he? What could have happened? And it's been four days now. So I let him out at one in the morning, um, about four days ago. He was, he, he's the type of cat where if he's not outside, he'll start knocking things over in the house and he will attack our other cat, Skye, who's kind of a big dum-dum. And so he does, he takes it out on Skye like he wants to go out. So we do, we let him out and we live in a safe neighborhood. You know, there's, we live right in front of a stop sign. So people are always slow right in front of our house too. We've never had a problem with our cats being outside. And he has brought me snakes. He's brought me birds. He's brought me mice. He's for sure a hunter. And he went out at one in the morning and, uh, oh, and by the way, I will go and make sure that all the wet food that we have is, he's the king. Like he gets whatever he wants. Cause I always pet him and tell him you get whatever you want because I want to make sure you always come back. Cause I just have this feeling that he's sort of that way. Like he's going to do what he wants. And so I, I spoil him as much as I can. He's not a cat that will walk up and lay on your lap. And when you pet him, he might even try to bite you. That's just how he is. But there's something so cute about him. He follows me when I take my dog for a walk. He'll come out of the bushes and come running after us. And he, you know, he follows us all the way around the block. He's, he's just does really cute things like that. It's so endearing and he's adorable. I mean, he's got a little black nose and a black and white face and his little black nose looks like a black heart. I mean, he's so sweet and again, super smart. So yeah, I buy him, you know, any kind of food he wants. And then if he doesn't like, you know, after I've opened two cans of food, well, the other cats get the reject food. And then I will open up a can of human tuna because I know that's his favorite, but I try to avoid that because I'm just trying to go with regular cat food because it's a little bit less expensive. And, you know, that's, that's how this cat is treated. He's totally loved here. Owen is probably the closest to him. He's always taking pictures of him and has him on his bed and, he just loves this cat. I mean, the girls do too, but it's Owen who's probably the closest. So this has been consuming me. I let him out at one in the morning. We have a neighbor with a porch cam and they saw him at one in the morning and, um, on their porch. And he had, I, there was like food up on a little bit of a ledge and he had stood on his hind legs and knocked it over. And then after that he was gone. So you know, this is a cat that has gone on top of my car when I've driven away and didn't know it. And then, of course, I if you know that story, I found him about a mile and a half later. I thought I heard something on my hood and I had driven, you know, almost 40 miles an hour and had no idea he was on the hood of the car. Thankfully, I have a ski rack and he had wedged his lower half underneath it and he was holding on for dear life. I was hysterical after that happened. Hysterical? I was really upset because the thought that he could have been hurt you know, or that he went through that ordeal at all was really upsetting. So he is like into stuff. And I've worried that he got into somebody's garage, of course, but you know, it's been four days now. So garage doors have opened and closed at this point and still no sign of him. We live um, with a slough surrounding our neighborhood. There's water, there's wildlife. Don't think there's anything um, predatorial that could get him. It's just raccoons, possums, and skunks for the most part. And, um, but there's snakes, but I don't think there's anything, you know, venomous. I think they're just gardener snakes. So 
that's kind of like off the table. And then like in the middle of the night here, it's so quiet. I can't imagine that anybody would have taken him in the middle of the night. It just doesn't make sense. He's clearly owned by somebody else. And anyways, I'm just at a loss. I don't know. I don't know. I looked it up online. Cats, sometimes it's like in their DNA where they just want to go and check things out. And they do that. And of course, where we live, that's, you know, where a cat might go for sure in the slough because there's a lot to see. There's birds, there's water, there's, of course, rodents and everything. And maybe he's he's on a little hunt. I don't know. But for this long, it feels um, scary. And I'm worried that um, that something happened and he's hurt um, or that he died somewhere out there and we'll never know or that he's in another neighborhood and people aren't aware that he's missing because he is so well identified with all of his, you know, his collar and his bell and his people might just think, oh, it's just somebody's cat. So I put signs up everywhere. Um, he's on next door and I talked about it on my Instagram story. I had somebody actually tell me, first of all, they kept referring to me as lady, lady, you're so, you're a horrible pet owner, basically, is what he said, that I should have never let him out in the first place. It's a very painful message to get, which is kind of going to lead me into some of the stuff I want to talk about with regards to social media, but um, someone really let me have it, and it really hurt, and it they basically made me feel like I'm this terrible pet owner because I let him out, and they said if I had lived in Maine, I would be reported for animal neglect, and it's like, crazy because everybody around here lets their cats out. This isn't like an unusual thing. And we live in California. The climate's, you know, temperate. That's the word I think I'm looking for. And um, yeah, I mean, raccoons and possums and skunks all survive here. It's not like it's super cold or anything. And again, there's no coyotes nearby, nothing that, you know, mountain lions, nothing like that that could get him. The only thing that I would worry about are cars and I haven't found him anywhere. So, but again, everybody drives slow in this neighborhood or that a dog might have gotten him if he fell into somebody's backyard, but he's so quick. I just, it's hard for me to believe that somebody's dog in the middle of the night would tear him to shreds. It, again, it's so quiet around here, but that, I guess, I don't know, it's possible I would think most dogs are just sleeping at night and aren't, you know, hunting cats in their backyard, but I don't know. I just don't know where he is. And then of course there's that thought that maybe he got in my neighbor's truck. There's there's a man that lives nearby that leaves every morning, but he puts tools in his truck every morning and then, and then he leaves. So I would think if, you know, he had gotten into the back of the truck, he would jump out when the tools were being put in and that would have been that because I thought god did he drive him to another location and was unaware of it I don't know it's all of these unknowns it's really awful not knowing what happened to him and of course I have the worst thoughts in my head that um, he's suffering and the worst thoughts of like somebody hurting him or any of that and he's such a sweet kitty it's just awful when you're a pet owner and this happens it's the worst and it's hard to function so I wanted to just mention that Um, okay, moving on from that, it's really sad, but I'm going to talk to Joey at some point. I'm going to get her in here and have her talk. She has a brand new tattoo. It's the first tattoo that any of my kids have, um, I hate saying the word gotten. That doesn't sound right. Anyways, but it is, it's the first tattoo in our family, I guess. I don't have any, I always thought I might get one at some point. My mom has three, my sister has, I think two 
My nieces have, I think, at least two, but I don't know. I just could never think of anything that I'd want to have on my body for the rest of my life, so I just never did it. But uh, Joey really wanted one, so she got one. I put it on my Instagram, got a lot of likes and love, so I thought I'd have her talk about that in a little bit. <laughs> so I thought I'd talk about Joey's hair, but I'll get to that later. So a little thing I think I need to have in my podcast is something called Things I Forgot to Say, because I do that. I'll re-listen to my podcast after I've uploaded it, and I'm like, oh, I should have explained that better. So a few things. The jump off the cliff at Westcliff Drive in Santa Cruz was into the ocean. I don't even think I mentioned. I think I just said water, but it was. It's the Pacific Ocean. I never mentioned how high it was. I looked it up online. It was 25 feet, apparently, about 25 feet. The one in Maui was 18, So, but of course, when you're jumping, you don't feel any different. It feels the same. Um, when I talked about Elizabeth, New Jersey, when I was talking about Action Park, I never explained what my vision of Elizabeth was. And I knew that it was very industrial. That was the difference is that I kind of expected all of New Jersey to be very industrial, but in actuality, it was beautiful and lush, but I know there are parts of it that are industrial, but I thought all of it was like that, but it wasn't. Um, I had talked about when a shark hits a person and it's so funny i didn't really explain that i've never seen anybody hit by a shark i've never seen a shark when i'm surfing ever but i think when i was explaining that i made it sound like it happens sometimes not at all when i'm surfing i think this is just what i've seen on tv maybe when a shark hits a seal or something like they come at him full force it's really hard but i've never seen anything like that we just don't see them but there are sharks i just saw a video on instagram i think two days ago with some really amazing footage of a great white about mm, a half mile from where I surf. So I don't know. I always feel like they're not where we are because I feel like it's really shallow and there's seaweed sometimes. And I hear that sharks aren't around seaweed. There's never been any reports of sharks where I surf and no one's ever had any issues with sharks where I surf. So I always feel like it's really safe, but it's funny to see a video of a great white, like pretty close by and it's like well okay I guess yeah they are there but when we're on our boards again I don't it's not anything I think about so there's that I know we have sharky water around us but again I never ever see them and I don't worry about it I don't think about it I just think about the waves and catching a wave and not being in somebody's way and then if I get it I just want to surf it and do a good job and have fun for that very brief, probably five seconds. So um, for this week, I had asked a question on my Instagram. I asked HIV positive people to share with me, of course, anonymously what they would tell their HIV negative self now that they are positive. And I had a bunch of responses and I'll share those with you in just a moment, including what I would tell myself. Eric actually was the person who thought of this question and I just found it profound. I was like, I'd never thought of that. People always say like, what would you tell somebody newly diagnosed? But what would I tell myself now that I have it? You know, the person before, what did they think about it? And what would I tell them about it? So it did make me think, and I will share that in just a bit, what people shared with me. When I first did this with the episode that was erased, um, it was really emotional. I kept getting choked up. I don't know if that'll happen this time because I've read through it and I'm sort of more prepared, but um, I was, I, I had read them when I got them and then I copy pasted them, putting, put them in a document and then I didn't look at them again. And so when I read them again, it was fresh and I was having trouble getting through them. Honestly, it was really emotional, but um, I will get to that in a moment. You know, it's funny thinking about my social media. Somebody recently wrote to me and I get this a lot. People will say, 
I've watched all of your videos and I always think that is too much of me. You don't, you don't need to watch all of my videos. I mean, granted, it's really nice to watch all of my videos, but I have over 200 videos on YouTube. And then I think they can't be serious. There is no way that they're watching all of my videos, but people say that to me and I just, it makes me feel it's weird. It's a funny feeling to think, no, there's no way somebody sat there and watched me for that long. And that's weird. Like I'm like someone really must feel like they kind of like know me and it's a, it's, it's fine. I mean, of course they're there, watch them if you want, but it's like, I can't believe someone's like, like actually watched all of my videos, but people say that, did it really happen? I'm not sure. Okay. So I want to share sort of an epiphany. I'd say at this point, it definitely is that I've had recently about social media. And I don't know if anyone will even care, but maybe this will be helpful for others, not sure. And it's a little embarrassing, honestly, to admit this, but I have totally fallen victim to an unhealthy amount of social media use. And, you know, I've been going really hard with Instagram for like three years now. I post everything, my food, my exercise, my kids, my pets, my husband, my HIV medication, my skating, my surfing, my walks, my car rides, my vacations, you name it. And I have filmed it for whoever wants to watch it. And it's funny because I kept trying to think of this word. Like I, I have stories sometimes that are 30 stories long and I could not think of the word. Wow. I really had the, and I, I kept saying that to Eric or my mom. I said, what is that? I had like the balls to do that. I had like the um, arrogance to do it. And I couldn't think there was another word that was just at the tip of my tongue, but I couldn't think of it. And then I opened up my recording equipment for my podcast and it's, called, it's called audacity. And I, it's like that word has been in front of my face and I just did, it didn't connect at all, but that is the word. I had the audacity to think that people would want to spend time looking at me or all my stuff. And you know, people do, they watch it and it's super nice of people to watch it. And they take the time to watch every story. Some people do, I don't know, maybe they really don't totally pay attention to all of it. If I was them, I might look at me and think, God, what does she think I have all day to sit there and, you know, watch everything she does or like, I care that much. I mean, come on. So I've recently kind of like that sort of made me feel funny. And I thought, God, I don't know. I, I do post a lot and I have enjoyed it. It's been fun. I mean, of course, this all started with Facebook. We were just posting pictures of our kids. And I mean, most of my kids didn't grow up on social media or, or me sharing their lives because I didn't do Facebook until 2008. So before that, I wasn't posting pictures of my kids on anything. And then, you know, and that was mainly just for family members and stuff. It was like, oh God, this is so nice. We can actually share our lives with people that we don't see very often. And it was, it's it, like, for that reason, it felt really like awesome, especially like my sister and my mom and I don't live by everybody. And this way they could see my kids growing up and cute things they're doing and, you know, places we're going and all that. So that's really how it starts. And then um, of course my diagnosis happened and then I went and did YouTube like five months later. And that was interesting because it was being watched by people I didn't know. So that was a whole new thing and it felt exciting and interesting. And what am I doing with this? And, you know, what do I do for the people? You know, what do I do? And then, um, I decided to do Instagram pretty much, I think it was around May, 2017. I, I discovered Instagram and I was like, this is awesome because I can do little short snippets of my life all over the place and show everything. And I thought it was really fun. And 
Um, because with YouTube, it's a lot of editing. It just takes a lot of work and time to put out one video. But with Instagram, I could just point my phone at anything and, you know, add little cute text or music or, well, back then they didn't do music, I don't think. But um, you can just dress it up however you wanted these little short snippets in pictures. And it is really addicting. It is. And I loved it. And I loved seeing that people were watching it and enjoying it. And then I just did more and more. And I, there's something about feeling like you're giving people something they like. And I still think in ways it's really good to share my life and show that this is how I live with HIV and I'm fine. And I want to show you like I'm positive and of course I'm positive, but you know, I'm, I'm positive with the way I live and that I love my life and I want to show all the the things that make me happy in it with everybody and that feels really good but when it starts consuming you every day and you're doing it at unhealthy levels then it needs to be reevaluated and that is truly what happened I really was stopping I was driving past something and going oh I've got to get a picture of that tree and I'd go around the block just to get a picture of a tree I mean I was wasting time making pictures for I don't know for whoever whoever wanted to see it or was it for me I really truly who am I doing this for maybe it's just for me so that I can look back and relive my day which is fun it is but um and see who saw it that's also something plus I'm looking at other people's social media on top of it and so I looked at my daily average and it's about seven hours, but I mean, there's some days where it's an average of 10 hours and granted that does include phone calls and FaceTiming me and Eric, you know, um, but mainly it's Instagram. Like when I look at it, it's mainly Instagram. I mean, even if I look at Netflix, that's included in the time on there. So it's Instagram is the main culprit that I feel is just at a level where it had become too much. Um, I look at YouTube studio, obviously that's kind of where all my stats are for YouTube. I look at my messages that's included in everything you do on your phone is included in screen time. I think if you even look at screen time, that's included in screen, screen time, uh, TikTok, Whoa. Yeah. TikTok for sure. And I've got something to say about that. Facebook. Of course I don't look at Facebook as much Twitter, barely look at that. But anyways, I feel like these are like all the drugs in my social media life that I'm sharing with you. Why do I post, you know, and what is it that I think is going to happen? I, I feel like it's partly like I feel like there's people that are waiting for it and want to see it and I want to provide something for them and make their day happy. But at the same time, I get a high from it too. There's a dopamine hit you get every time you see that there's a new like or you know, anything like that. And I've had to turn off all the notifications off my phone. I did. I turned, I turned them off a while ago and actually because of feeling like this was getting to an unhealthy level for myself, I um, readjusted all my little icons and put them in groups. They're, so they're really tiny. And so not only is there no notifications, but it's hard for me to even find Instagram. Of course, I'm sort of like know where it is now. But for the most part, I'm trying to like make things where I can't even see them as well so that I'm not going to them so much because I was getting to the point where I was going round and round and round with all my different apps and I was frozen. Like I couldn't get out of my car when I'd pull up into the driveway after I'd been driving and just sit there and go over the things over and over again. Like what's new? What happened? Who liked this? Who looked at this? I don't know what I'm expecting to find, you know? Um, and you know, sometimes I get stuck in my house and I'm being totally unproductive because I'm looking at my phone for that next dopamine hit. And I, I did watch a Netflix documentary called the social dilemma 
And it was really eye-opening. Eric had recommended it. And they say that in psychology, they call it a positive intermittent reinforcement. And so that is it. You're looking for that over and over again. And it's this little, oh, it just feels good. It's a happy thing, right? And then when you don't see it, you're searching for it more and more. And you're kind of getting obsessed because you want to see it over and over again. And if you're not a poster, then maybe you wouldn't feel that way if you're not somebody who's providing content, if you're just somebody who's just looking at content. But of course, I'm providing it. And so I have that perspective of it. So and I do both. I look and I provide. So I've got both. They also say that in this documentary that they're very well aware of how they're exploiting. This is a quote. They're exploiting a vulnerability in human psychology with all of these apps in order to keep us as engaged as we can be for as long as we can be. So they're very well aware of what they're doing, although they said they didn't set out to do this originally with like Facebook. It was not meant for that. The like button wasn't meant for that, but it did turn into that. And um, so, of course, they've continued on that vein since it works and people are addicted to their phones. And of course, those apps and our attention span is meant to keep us there for advertisers. Obviously, they're the ones making the money for this. And we're like their sheep. And I get that. Obviously, I was a TV junkie for years. And I had the DVR, obviously, for a long time. I have had no TV for 10 years. And it was a really good thing to let go of. Um, I would have so many shows that I'd program in and then I'd feel like I'd have to do my homework to watch them. Like it was like I was getting totally overwhelmed with the amount of shows that I'd recorded and I couldn't keep up with it anymore. So I remember, well, with my divorce, it was just an extra expense I didn't need. So I got rid of cable and the kids didn't even care. It, it just went like through seamlessly. They all had devices they were looking at and nobody was watching TV. It was totally easy to get rid of cable and I didn't really miss it at all. I'm able to go online and kind of catch a few things that I like to watch. I watch Survivor and Big Brother and The Amazing Race. Those things I can catch online for free, although CBS is making me pay for Big Brother right now. I don't know what's going on with that, but I'm probably going to get rid of it soon after the series is over for the season. Um, but anyways, my point is, is that I used to be totally addicted to TV. So I basically went from TV to phone. So it's just, you know, I've switched from one thing to another. So really in actuality, the viewing that I do feels like it's probably around the same. Plus I'm, I'm doing other things on my phone that are productive. I'm answering messages and I am, you know, there's, you can do everything on your phone, everything. It's a computer. So I'm doing HIV advocacy through it. So for me, there's obviously there's many benefits to a phone. It's a tool in so many ways in a really positive way, but there's another side to it that feels unhealthy for me. And that's where I just wanted to make a change because I feel like Instagram was just something that I was, it was becoming unhealthy. I was posting everything and it just, I, for, I don't know why, you know, I got, it got out of hand really. And Eric's put up with it for a long time. He's always been really kind about it, but I mean, I can't tell you how many times I just pointed a camera in his face and like expected him to be happy or smile. And he always is. He's always really sweet, but I wouldn't like that. You know, I took a picture of him the other day when he was shaving while we were FaceTiming and I put on my Instagram, you know, I love to watch him shave or whatever. And I never thought about how would I like that if he screenshotted me without me knowing it and put it on his Instagram, even though it was all done in love. It really was. I thought he looked really cute and I loved watching him shave, but I didn't get his permission for that. And again, he never said anything about it, but it just made me think, wow, I, you know, 
he didn't even get approval for that picture. And I just put it up. So that's kind of, you know, and I know with my kids, I've always wanted to post stuff that I'll, I don't know, there's something that they'll do that's funny or whatever. And most of the time they say, don't post that. They don't like the way they look, the girls especially. So I don't. But of course, there's that feeling in me that I really, really wanted to. And why? Why do I need to really, really show them? I mean, like, who cares? Not that who cares. Of course, you know, people want to see my kids maybe, but you know, is it that important? It's obviously not important. And what the way they feel is much more important and it shouldn't be posted if they don't like it. And of course I've, I've kept with their wishes for that. And like with TikTok, I've had several videos go viral on TikTok. Can't really figure out TikTok. Um, they will push a video. They put it into the machine, so to speak, and it just goes bonkers and you get tons of likes and followers and comments and the numbers just fly up. You know, it's really interesting to watch it go. And there's a little, the number on there is a, it's a number in white and it's surrounded in red. So the red obviously is a color that is impulsive and they, you know, advertisers know, and so do the people who own these apps. They know that that number hits the dopamine in your head, you know, the color does, and it's addicting. You just want to see that number change. And every time you refresh on TikTok, if you're somebody who provides content, you will know that it rearranges the way that the likes and comments and follows um, come in. Even when there's nothing that's happened, it'll rearrange it when you pull down and like refresh and it'll look like stuff has happened, but actually nothing's happened. So that's part of it too. It's all just to keep you there and to make you feel like things are happening. But then when something does happen, it seems really exciting and oh my God, I'm popular. I mean, that's the feeling. It's a popular feeling. I wasn't popular growing up. So is it stemming from that, that I get this like high from it? But you know, I know that influencers or people on TikTok, when they get some notoriety and get followed, they're doing lives all the time. They are being sucked into this big time. And they're all, I'm sure, hoping for something bigger. And, you know, everybody wants some piece of fame, I'm sure. And, but, and, and with TikTok, they do this a lot. They let a lot of people kind of have that feeling where they give them a little crumb, you know, like, and it keeps people there and it makes you want to continue to make videos. I mean, I made the video that was really popular with the cranberry juice and the guy on the skateboard, I recreated it, I put it on my TikTok, and then I didn't like it as much, and so I made another one. And I liked that one more, but the lighting wasn't so great, and they were both outside, right? You have to hold a phone up, filming yourself, you have to skateboard, and you have to kind of be on a bit of an incline so that you're going, you're moving, and you have to drink cranberry juice at the right part of the song. I mean, it's the whole setup, right? And I I wanted to get a better one. And I drove around like a goofball for 45 minutes trying to find a place where I could film myself. The sun was sort of setting, so I didn't want it to be like the wrong, you know, where the sun was going to hit it the wrong way. And everywhere I went around where I live, and I do live sort of, sort of near like some industrial areas. There's like a FedEx hub where I live and everywhere I went, somebody was driving by and I just was like, oh my God. And I was getting so frustrated. And Owen's calling me going, are you going to get my sandwich? That was the whole point. And I'm like, not until I get this done. Like I had to do this. Like, why did I have to do this? Like, it's so silly when I step back and realize what I was doing. I never did end up getting the video and it's so okay. And it's like all of this sort of all hit me at the same time, this epiphany, so to speak. And so I, that was an example of how ridiculous it was getting. So I'm really cutting back on my Instagramming. I don't know if anybody's noticed or even cares. I don't even think that many people are going to even listen to this, but 
Um, I'm cutting back on it for me because I need to. I can't be like re-looking at my Instagram all the time. I'm just going to use it for, for the most part, you know, for promoting a YouTube video or promoting this podcast, promoting my daughter's jewelry lines. Joey's going to start one also. And so those things I feel like I want to share. You know, I've got a cat Instagram and I like showing my kitties on there. So I will still continue to do that, but I'm not going to like film, you know, every single little aspect of my life. Cause it's, uh, again, I had the audacity to do this, like, you know, make everyone feel like they had to watch 30 stories. So for those of you that have endured them and watched them, thank you. That's really nice of you. And I hope that that didn't make you feel that I was expecting it or anything. I don't know. I just, I feel funny about it. So, but I feel good about backing off. It feels like my phone isn't owning me so much right now and it feels good, but it's going to be a process because it's such, um, it's such a normal thing for me to see something and want to take a picture of it and share it on my Instagram. It became part of my life doing this constantly every day. So it's a little bit of a habit that I'm trying to break, but they say it takes like 30 days and then you're, you're pretty much out of the habit. So I'm going to continue for 30 days and Right now, it's okay. It feels like a bit of a relief right now to not be filming and talking about everything constantly. But I think it's also important to keep sharing things about HIV because that's pretty much why people come to me and watch me. So I definitely want to stay current with that and share little things about HIV that I feel are important. So there's that. Okay, so now I want to share with you what people shared with me when I asked. And they these were all messages that were sent to me privately. So uh, obviously there's no names to share. I just wanted to read what they had to say with regards to what they would tell their HIV negative self now that they have HIV. So this is the first one. I remember when I was negative seeing stories on the news about HIV and AIDS on the rise in Africa. I didn't think it was in the UK or that I could get it. At school, we were taught that if I had unprotected sex, the worst that happened was that you could get pregnant. We were never taught or told about STIs, just periods, etc. Even my parents failed to mention more than pregnancy. Obviously, being HIV positive for 20 years and having three teenagers, I teach them about everything and there are no barriers. They get to see that it can affect anyone firsthand and how I live and deal with it. My kids have not grown up with a stereotypical view on HIV because I'm not a stereotype. It amazes me when I hear people talk about HIV, how little they do know, and how clearly uneducated people still are, and how it is still viewed as dirty. Hope this helps. Okay, number two. Hi, I definitely tell my HIV negative self that HIV is nowhere near as terrifying and dehumanizing as the stigma around makes it out to be. For sure. And number three, I would tell my negative self that lust and love is not enough, that being accepting of someone's ways might be the PC thing to do, but being empathetic can still mess up your life. Choosing love isn't enough, and that some men like to be with other men and are too macho to admit it, but too stupid to be careful. I should have taken that red flag more seriously. Hmm... Okay, number four, after my diagnosis, I felt like this was my death sentence. If I was negative and could tell my HIV positive self anything, it would be that this does not mean you're dying. You do have a future and will be loved again. You have amazing parents and two baby sisters who all love you dearly that will support you 100% and you are going to make it. 
I would tell anyone negative, go get tested and require that your partner be tested before being intimate with them. Take your time and always use protection, even prep medication. Times have changed so much. Number five. Hi, I wanted to respond to your question about what you would tell your HIV negative self, but I was afraid to publicly comment. I was diagnosed in June and still having a hard time with it. I would tell myself that it's not as dirty, quote unquote, as you thought it was. You can actually live a normal life. You won't be sick every day. You can share drinks with people. You can have HIV negative kids. I still have so much to learn. I'm so happy I came across your profile on TikTok. Thank you for what you do. Okay, there's an example of when TikTok did something good. (laughs) Okay, honestly though, TikTok is so much fun and it is like watching TV for me. I enjoy it so much. So I'm not gonna feel bad about watching TikTok a little bit, but I am trying to back off with regards to myself making content and checking to see how it's doing. That's what I'm backing off on. Okay, number six, not to be scared. This is not scary. Before this, I didn't even think I could get HIV. Honestly, I thought only people who use needles could get it, and I never even dreamed of doing something like that. I knew gay people could die from it, but I didn't know anything about it or how people lived with it. I knew Magic Johnson had it. Laugh out loud. I would, this is a continuation, I would tell her that people have full and cool ass lives with HIV, and they are normal AF. Can I say that? Normal as fuck? HIV is just the beginning. Thank you for that. Awesome. Number seven, that HIV was a slow death sentence and incredibly lonely, but now I know the meds make it possible to be undetectable and what that means to live a normal, healthy life like before the diagnosis with all the same opportunities. Number eight, before my diagnosis, HIV was non-existent to me. I knew what it was, but I didn't have any personal experience with it. HIV was not on my radar. I thought people with HIV were not happy with their life. I would tell my past self that HIV does not make you unworthy. It doesn't define someone as a person. You can have HIV and still have a fulfilling life. Definitely. And I think that's really how I feel too. I would, um, the dirty really comes to mind right away. Uh, I associated it with being dirty for sure, because I think of needles and sharing needles. That's really, I think of that way as dirty. And so I think someone put a needle in themselves and then they share that same needle. And in my mind, I see like, you know, someone lighting a lighter and drugs on a spoon, you know, melting and a needle and that all feels dirty to me. I can't help it. So I think there's a virus somewhere in there and it's getting mixed in with all this and then it goes into someone else's body. So it's like this dirty, it does feel dirty to me. And that is really hard for me to even to this day to even turn that around and not feel that that felt dirty. And of course, when it was in my body from head to toe, of course it still is, but it's in a much less amount. When I had a viral load that was very high and I was really sick, I did feel like I felt dirty from head to toe. I mean, there's no way I couldn't. I just, when I found out that it was HIV that was causing it, it felt, I felt dirty for sure. Do I feel dirty now? Not at all. They don't want even the community to use the words clean because then then the opposite is dirty. And so we don't obviously want to have that association with the virus. But yeah, of course, I would want people to know that these are the things that I thought for sure. I thought your life would be shorter. I honestly, I really never thought about it with other people. Like if they ha- they had HIV, I don't think I thought, oh, they have a shorter life. But when I was diagnosed, it was the first thing I thought my life's going to be shorter. Um, the medication, of course, I would have thought that the side effects were horrendous and that, you know, that they were going to affect your lifespan also. 
I have like, I'm taking Devado right now. I started that about three weeks ago at this point. I think I have no side effects at all. There's nothing. It's gone. So I, the, the one medication that was in the pill I was taking before, which is now removed, it's a Bacavir. Um, again, it's so funny because I'd been taking three drugs in one pill for pretty much this whole entire time. Um, except for some other things they had me try in the very beginning. And I always had like a little headache and a little queasiness about an hour after I took it. Well, now I'm taking Devado, which is two of the drugs of the three I was taking. They took one out and I don't have that side effect anymore. It's gone. So I feel nothing. I feel absolutely nothing. And so, and I always think, you know, I've said this in another podcast or on my YouTube channel, like why, I don't understand like why they didn't figure this out sooner. Like, how did they not realize that we didn't need three drugs that we could get by with two? Hello? So yeah, I would definitely want my HIV negative self to know that the medication is super good today. It makes you undetectable. You can't transmit the virus. Also that there's programs, there's ADAP, the AIDS drug assistance program for people in the U.S. who don't have insurance. And I have um, low cost medical. I always talk about that in California because I'm a single mom. So I've had that the entire time I've had this, so I don't pay anything. Um, but when there comes a day when my kids don't live with me anymore, and maybe I won't have this kind of insurance, I would obviously go through ADAP unless I have a job where I have insurance, then I'd probably pay a copay. But in most countries it's socialized medicine and medication is free. So that is something that I didn't know also. And what else would I tell myself? that there are people who are HIV negative who will love you the same and they would not make you feel like you're any different if you have this because that is certainly my husband. He doesn't, it's, I'm not HIV to him. He just sees me as Jennifer. He does not see this at all. It's like we talk about it in the advocacy sense and, but in the sense that it's part of me, we don't even, it's like, it's not even, it's funny. It's like I don't have it, honestly, because we don't talk about it in that way. There's no concern about it in any way. So if anything, when we talk about it, it's just in the sense of like my social media and HIV and, you know, interesting things that come out of that. But that's that's it. So it's really nice to be loved by somebody who doesn't see it at all. And I know that that's very possible. I know a lot of people that are also in my shoes who have an HIV negative partner and are still love the same. And, um, but obviously there are a lot of people that deal with rejection and I can't say that I wouldn't have been somebody who would have rejected somebody with HIV. I think that that would be a very hard thing to accept. Even with you equals you, I understand completely that perspective that it would be hard to completely trust it and feel like it's not going to be transmitted. I get that. It makes sense. It sounds scary, but I know it. And, um, all the people that I know that are HIV positive that aren't transmitting it know it and, you know, the studies prove it. So there is that. Okay, let me see where I am with time. Okay, I want to get my daughter in here to talk about her tattoo. So hold on one second and we'll put her on. Here, have a seat. Is Do you like the podcasting area? I do. There's candles in here. Oh, maybe it's the candles that smell like B.O. It could be me, but I don't think so. Oh, are you going to leave this in? Yeah, you no. need to be closer here. Okay, so... Hi! Okay, calm down. Okay. <laughs> there might be 10 people who listen to this, so don't get too excited. Okay. Don't touch that. Okay. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Okay, so Joey... <gasps> oh, she's <laughs> already knocking the microphone over. Okay, there we go. Okay, so Joey has a new tattoo. It's first, my first one. First tattoo in the family. Mm -hmm. So you had to go... Okay, first of all, what do we start with this? You had to go all by yourself. 
and do this because it's COVID and you can't have anybody yeah. with you. How was also, that? Well, it was good. I would have rather, like, anyways, had done it by myself. Oh. Because I feel like it just seems like a more comfortable experience for, like, me and also for the artist because I don't want, like, there to be a crowd watching and, like, making comments and stuff. And also, like, I wanted to talk to the person that's, like, putting art on me forever. Oh, that's true. Okay, yeah. what did you get? Tell everybody what you I got. I got a Luna moth on my arm. And they're so goddamn cute. I can't even take it. Okay, look up Luna Moth on YouTube, and you'll see they have the sweetest little faces. Well, your they, your um, picture is on my Instagram. It's probably the most recent oh, post. So they yeah. can just look at my Instagram and actually see mm -hmm. it. Yeah. So it's a big old bug on my arm. <laughs> I told her I wanted it to look like the, it was like hanging out on a tree. <laughs> like my arm is the tree. Yeah, so. I like its little furry antenna. I'm, I That's asked cute. her to make a big antenna, and look at that. Yeah, it's, it's really cute. Yeah, I'm very happy with it, and it has little eyes, and its little arms are showing at the top. And it hurt yeah. when they got close to your armpit on well, either side? Oh, fuck yeah, it, it hurt <laughs> so bad. That, like, I was, like, doing really well, and I was like, this is interesting. This is an interesting pain, because I get piercings, like, straight up sometimes once a month. Um, sometimes. Mm -hmm. But it feels like it. How many uh, piercings do you have now? I think I have like 17. 17. The most recent is in between. bridge piercing. It's on the bridge of her nose. It's two ball bearings on either side with a yeah. bar in between. Yeah. I don't understand it, but... You don't understand it? What are you talking well, about? I don't you know. You liked it. Well, it's fine. I mean, like, I don't really see any of them anymore because they're just part of your face. I don't really, like, focus on them. But, like, when I really look at it, it kind of makes my stomach turn because mm -hmm. it's like, ugh. Well, I need to get the bar shorter for that. But, yeah. yeah. So, for this, I was the doing The tattoo. Well, and then she, yeah. And then she got near the armpit and I was like... It was like I was seeing stars. I was like, I can't talk. It hurts so bad. And it took like uh, an hour, hour, and and hour and a half. Yeah. 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 Okay. So the tattoo's <gasps> awesome. Can we talk Thank about you. your black hair? Okay. Okay. So like your hair is everywhere. Um, oh. <laughs> I've yeah. told Joey, I don't know what it is. Her hair, she, both girls have black hair now, but for some reason. I think it because it's darker now. Well, yeah. And it shows up all over the floor. So I've suggested um, if she could wear like a hairnet, mm -hmm. like she was like a food service worker mm -hmm. in the house, I'd so much appreciate it. Well, dude, I like looked at a picture of myself from like two months ago without my black hair and without my bridge piercing. And I look so weird and I hate it. And I'm like, I, oh my God, I hate it so much. I look oh. like, I look like I'm. 10 years old. No, you don't. Well, you I look did. really No, you've always looked cute regardless. I like the black hair. I didn't think I would. I don't like the black dye around the house. It's mm. not fun to see it in the you shower like the and stuff. Hair? Yeah, you guys look good with black hair. I like mm -hmm. it. I think I'm going to keep it forever. It suits you. It's Thank not you. too off. It's better than the green. I think it's because, like, okay, especially with, like, the piercings and tattoos, I want to still look fucking edgy even when i'm not putting makeup on and i want people to know yes yes I, you, you look like pierce the veil i i don't <laughs> listen to pierce the veil anymore but i want people to go yes she listens to sisters of mercy and also i just like i just feel good i like i like feeling like cool you gotta like, do what makes you feel cool. good totally yeah. I'm all, like, I'm all for that. Especially with, like, the art and stuff I make, I, like, want to have that same 
feeling for myself. Mm-hmm. Like, kind of, like, gothic kind of stuff. And You got to talk towards the mic. Yeah. See when it gets, Hi. like, all tiny. There you go. You um, got to make sure it stays, like, big yeah. like that. Okay. So. You're not gothic, though. You're not. Are you um, emo? No. Good. Okay. I'm not a self-proclaimed emo. I used to be. But I don't listen to that kind of music anymore, and I don't like that perspective because it's just, like, I just was fucking, I'm still sad all the time, but like not, not in like the same, I just, I really, it sucks. Like a lot of kids that are depressed and I was, got into that kind of music, but I think a lot of the time it kind of like just, sometimes it's good and sometimes it's like just says shit that makes it worse. Mm. And also in the, in the emo scene with the bands so goddamn many of them are predators so many it's insane so many i yes. thought there was just like one no, group no, no. with like the pop with pop punk bands and emo bands there have been so many well who are surrounding them they're surrounded by 14 and 13 year olds yeah so, and it's like yeah. they know what they're catering to and it's just so creepy so Ew. also i just hate the way that shit sounds now like what about, what about dubstep? That used to be your favorite thing. I used to like dubstep when I was like 12. <laughs> Remember us driving down the street in the minivan like... Bow, 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 bow. God, ew. Well, you we should Skrillex, so... Skrillex, I know, that's yeah. right. I introduced you to that. How did uh, I introduce you to so that? That shit is so messed up. And you know what's honestly, like, horrifying? <laughs> My friend told me that I look like Skrillex. No. Oh, you do not look like Skrillex. And I think... It, he, he wears glasses, okay. I think. But, like, okay, you everybody... Don't. Okay, guys, I have a question. Have any of you listened to Sisters of Mercy? Fad Gadget. Um, Cranes? Uh, More than likely, no. This is, if it's really Susie, obscure movies. Well, yeah, uh, they've been around forever. I know, of course. The Cure, that's all good shit. And the Cure it doesn't, is amazing. And it doesn't, like, I don't, I mean, you know, it's good. Okay. I like it a lot. Good. Mm-hmm. All right. Are we going to wrap this up? Because we're almost. Really? <laughs> we're having so much fun. We can do this again. Wait, can you interview me? What other questions do you have for me today? <laughs> um, do you want to answer Any HIV attention? questions? Sure. Really? Yeah. Okay. Um, oh, God. Yeah. What's a viral load? That's like how much H. Okay. So I hear load and I think of loaded fries. Oh, that's so funny. I think I of. It. I think and of. And then a... I think of like fucking cum. Well, I know. Basically, that's what my, I my think of. My fat okay. load. <laughs> Showing off my fat load to the doctor. I've got a viral okay. load. Viral load means how much HIV <laughs> is in your blood. Yes. And has tainted it. Yes. Good. So that's, yeah. Okay, so what's a what's a CD4 count? Uh, it's like the same thing. No, it's not. <laughs> oh, fucking no. Oh my god. I it's, don't know. It's your immune system, basically, saying, like, how much, uh, your... It's your immune cells. Like, how many of them are there fight, oh, fighting off infection? So you want your CD4 count to be high, high and yep. you want your viral load to be low. You got it. That's it. Okay, what else? Um, of course, are people who are undetectable, can they transmit the virus? No. All right. Duh. Um, do you... Okay, so when I was diagnosed, you were the one who looked up, like, what it all meant. Yeah. And... But you kind of had somewhat of an idea through school, or no? That like no, I was going to be didn't fine. Teach me shit. Okay. I, I don't know. Like, I had one health class, and mm. they didn't teach us anything. They mm. said this is what gonorrhea looks like, and it looked like a monster. Honestly, it looked <laughs> like a little like vagina monster. Uh, but, uh, a blue waffle. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and like, 
So I didn't know anything from school. I feel like it's just kind of, as far as I know, I feel like it's common sense in people my age that it's not going to kill you and that you can get it taken care of. Mm-hmm. But people are really stupid and uneducated and think that you can get it from like drinking from the same cup or something. Like there were kids at school that would joke about, he's like, oh, bro, you're going to give me AIDS because we drink <laughs> from the same cup. That's the other thing is people think that you can transmit AIDS. Yeah. That's not a thing. I know. Well, I don't know that people are stupid. I mean, people say stupid things, but I think people just are not educated. Yeah. And so they, they, it comes across as stupid to people I who know, but mean. I think I'm it's just, just a little bit mean. No, it's okay. I like people. Mm, you can always do research if you have, if you have access to the internet, you can do research. Yeah. You know? And okay. I... School didn't teach me anything. With like, I feel like the things that... Most of the things that I know, like, I... That had to... I'm not smart at all. I'm fucking stupid. Oh my but god, Joey, like, stop. With school and stuff, I feel like I got so much more from my experiences than any classes I had. Because it's just... Well, that's, that's true. Life experience is yeah. a big big teacher and educator. Okay, you recently quit your job yeah. at Cat and Cloud. Yeah. And is we that a good decision? Are you Damn. happy about that? Hitting me with the heavy questions. Here. Well, it's what's going on. Damn. All right. Well, yeah, I think it was a good decision. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> I love everyone there so much. It's the best job I've ever had. Uh... But you were ready to move on. I was ready to move on and do my own thing. And What's your own thing? My own thing is that I want to wanna sell my art online and I just want to like dedicate myself to doing that. And uh, also, there's always the backup plan of DoorDash if that doesn't work. I really just wanted to do something new because mm. I was getting stagnant coming home every day and just like watching YouTube and then falling asleep and then not being able to sleep because I had anxiety about the regular guests that I'd see every day mm-hmm. and everybody was so nice and I still want to be a part of the community but like I am gonna do my own shit now okay I have a question also, I'm young and I can okay I have a question you're 20 and <laughs> the social media age is here and you really mm-hmm. grew up with it and why is it that your mom does more social media posting than you do you do like nothing um, how is it that you were that smart and a, ahead of the curve that you knew that this is kind of like the devil? Instagram is just so fucking boring, honestly. <laughs> like, oh. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't think your stuff is boring. I just, I feel like when I was younger, I like good to save. do that stuff. Mm-hmm. Huh? I said oh. good, well, good I'm, save. Well, I don't think your stuff is boring. <laughs> oh, but there's a lot of it. Well, I just like, I go on Instagram and I see stuff that doesn't make me feel good. Mm-hmm. Um, Why? What, what is it that you don't, doesn't make you feel good? Because I see, like, I just feel like the interaction on it is fake, Mm -hmm. and it feels like, I don't know, it's just everybody's showing off, of course. That's what everyone knows. It's all an illusion. Gosh, people leave me alone. I don't know. I just... I just feel like Instagram just has always made me feel bad, especially hate Facebook. God, I used to use that for like cool games and stuff. And I made an anime page. Um, but you look at TikTok. I don't. I know. I only look at TikTok lesbians sometimes. Okay. <laughs> but um, what about uh, you're a Twitter girl. You like Twitter. I love Twitter, but you don't really post a whole lot. No, I do. Oh, you do. Okay. You so that's your, it. that's your thing. Okay. Yeah. Well, I don't, I don't not post a lot. I just like. I like Twitter so much because there's funny stuff. Sometimes people put, I mean, it's like, a you don't post school. about yourself. Basically you post things that you find funny or repost or mm-hmm. what retweet, but you're like not showing 
yourself in a way that's not true, uh, which I feel like there's so much of that on I Instagram. I make, like, little posts, like, for my friends and stuff, and only, like, five people like it, but they're the only people I want to see it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, I don't know, if I have, like, a stupid thought in my head, it's, like, it's like a public diary almost. Mm-hmm. It's really fun. And also, like, I feel like it's been so inspirational to me to see all of these artists start their own businesses and stuff on there and, like, become a part of that and go, like, oh, this is something I can actually do. People do but this. you don't feel like you have, like, an unhealthy, like, need to get on mm-hmm. there and see what if somebody's seen your stuff or how many people have liked it. Mm-hmm. You don't... or. I don't know, do you? Because I don't feel like you talk about it at all. Not really. I don't really, I don't care if people like my stuff because it's just my friends. And if, like, none of my friends like something, I'm like, oh, they probably thought that was dumb as shit. <laughs> but, like, I don't really care. Yeah. Um, and I just, it's one of those things where, like, I know that I'm, like, definitely a little bit addicted to it because there is just, like... But you do like, realize we don't have TV in our house. Oh, I... So, like, don't you feel like there's a bit of a trade-off? Like, it's sort of... Like, some of the stuff we look at would I, have been, like, it would have been filled with TV time. I hate everything that has to do with cable so much. Because mm. it's, like, a big scam. You spend $100 a month on cable where... Let's try 160 at the time oh, when shit. I got rid of it. It okay. was so expensive. Well, you're watching through commercials. There's, like, mm-hmm. a few shows to pick from, and you go and watch it from the middle of it. Like, you can go on Netflix or... You could just pirate all your shit online, like I do. Literally Ugh. anything. You could find all of that for free. Or you can go onto YouTube. There's a ton of stuff there, ton of series. Or just like, not watch some of it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, I don't know. It's. I think it's good that cable is fading out because it is a big waste of money and... Mm. It's just garbage, and it's a big scam. Okay, well, this is, this. no offense to you, but this is, like, going over an hour, and I kind of wanted to keep it, at like, um, under an hour. You can always come in and talk about something else with me. Is there anything else you want to share? Your birds are no longer with us. Um, they're dead. No, um, they're not. Joey gave them, a, gave them to somebody who gave them a much better home, and yeah, that was good. They needed it. Because I can barely take care of myself, so <laughs> I... Like, I would let them out every day. I'd let them fly around for hours and, of course, like, take care of them and stuff. But the two were bonded to each other, so I wasn't really able to bond with them. And at the same time, it just felt kind of sad. And, like, I just was, like, I'd rather see them happy. So now they're in, like, a little bird orgy paradise. (laughs) They're in an aviary Mm -hmm. here in Watsonville by a a man named Javier who came and picked Mm -hmm. them up. Super, super nice Mm -hmm. man who works with a neighbor of ours. And I was glad I got to meet him when he took the birds. It was embarrassing that I couldn't keep them for you, but there was no way to have a birds in a cage no, with it's cats. No, better to have them go to a place like that where yeah. they're happy and stuff. And, like, I got them in a time where I was, like, 16. I, like, didn't really have any friends. And it's not like I'm hanging out with anybody right now. But, like, it's just different. And I they live from, like, fucking like four to eight years sometimes or like eight to ten so i just wanted them to be happy and i wanted to be happy too yeah no i think they're gonna have a better life mm-hmm. even though they're really sweet but they did like they were very bonded to each other so it's good they'll be together and they'll be Ooh, with all the other birdies uh-huh. in their little bird life okay i'm gonna i'm gonna cut this off because it's when already it? on monday okay are you gonna listen are you bored with everything i said no not at all really? people find you very interesting everyone thinks that you sound just like oh me god. oh my god and of course, everyone, the younger pictures of me, people always like, oh my God, she looks just like you. It's, we do. We look. I'm ex- like you, but like. Straight hair. I'm like <laughs> you, but um, 
not because eh. i'm because uh our brains aren't the same yeah totally but, but we do uh, yeah i mean i look at younger pictures of myself and know that i see that in joey all the time it's very strange like, to see that i'm like you but i look like and then they're both the girls are full grown at this point so you guys walk around and i see like my body walking around like there's two girls Dude, that have like my body walking Ryan's around the house it's weird in the whole world we'll I have ryan her. on here too but ryan i don't think we'll do this i, I feel like she'll be too shy she inspires me oh i like want to be like her in so many ways i admire like Everything she does, and just, like, she's just so funny and always, like, puts me in a good mood and stuff, and is, like, so nice to me if I'm, like, having anxiety or whatever, and, like, I just, I don't know. Ryan she's is a good person, and she has a good heart, and, I, and I love that you guys are so close. It's sometimes really sweet. Sometimes it really does feel like we have the same brain, I swear to God. Like, the shit that we talk to each other about, and also, like... I don't know. You know what Ryan makes me do? I I should have her on here to talk about this. Every time she sees me in the house, she tells me, I love you. Or we walk out of the same room. Is that what it is? It's pretty much every time I walk out of the room, she'll say, okay, bye. Love you. And then sometimes I don't really feel like saying I love you. Like every single time. you get mad at me when I say (laughs) hi to you. You're like, do we really have to do this? Yes, because every time Joey walks in the room, she says hi to me again. Even if she just went to the bathroom and then walked back in the room, like from five minutes before, she'll go, hi. I'm like, Hi. Do we have to say hi every time oh, you come in the room? I'm so excited to see my mom. <laughs> no, you're not. Yes, I am. I think no, I not. did that to people at work too. They'd come into the back room and I'm like, "Hi." <laughs> yeah. So, okay, speaking of hi, we're going to say bye now, Joey. Can we talk about No, this is already too long. People are going to be like, "This is too long. Can I don't want to listen this long." Can no, this, save please? it. Save it for another podcast. Ooh, I have an idea. What? I could have a segment on your podcast where I tell scary stories. <gasps> you have to practice Isn't first. That a good we'll idea? see. We'll see. Oh my god! Wait, would you give me money? I, I make no money with this, anyways. Do, Where's the I, money like, going to come from? I don't know. Okay. Say hi to Uncle Brian because he always listens. Hi, Uncle Brian. You're my inspiration. <laughs> you're so cool, and I love that you take care of your cats so well. And also, awesome. uh, also that you're like. I love that you're, like, no bullshit, and <laughs> you're also, like, y- I, I like I like the way that you see the world, and that you're also, like, I don't know how to explain it. You're just, like, you're not falling for anyone's shit. That's cool. <laughs> okay. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know. Okay. I don't know. Okay. That's Does that good. make sense? Yes, that makes sense. Okay, okay. I want to go look for Sawyer. I'm feeling nervous about him. And I want to be downstairs and be looking out the windows. Oh, also, Uncle Brian showed me how to uh, pirate movies. Oh, online. did he? I didn't know so that. Thank you, Uncle Brian. You showed me how to get series online that I wanted to watch. Oh, that's right. And he sent told, me emails told about me how to get all that. about uh, how to press the little X button because that's an ad. It changed my life. And I still remember that. I do remember him giving that email mm-hmm. and showing how to do that. That's and right. And also, it was really fun to hang out in Mexico and get sunburned and drunk together. <laughs> you did not get drunk, I Joey. Oh, I did in the okay, pool. Okay, great. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. I will be back next week with a very interesting and fun interview from somebody that follows me on Instagram and I actually follow her also she's HIV positive and her name is I'm you know I'm not even sure I, I call her Mishta we'll find out if I've been saying her name I think it might be Mishta but I've been saying Mishta in my head all this time but it might be different so um, she will be on next week to talk about her journey with HIV and how it's affected her so until next week Thank you for listening and have a great week. Bye, guys. 
If you'd like to be notified for any of my upcoming podcasts, be sure to subscribe. If you'd like to help this girl out, then please rate, review, and share my show. Thanks, guys.